CPI hot or not? The market, the big money saying it's not going to be. This is pre-market prep. Let's get things started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right. Good morning, traders and investors. Dennis is so fired up. He's got so many things he wants to talk about. We're just going to bring him in here right at the top and get things started. Jam-packed show today. Triple D, I know you got something on your mind. What, what's on your mind? CPI. Well, the CPI is on the mind. Let's be honest here. It's 29 minutes away. It's again, they keep getting more important as they continue to go on. But this is one super important here, too um what's the expectation just give us the, the number here one more time here mitch all right so year over year outlook we're looking at a 5.2 estimate prior being uh that six uh and then so this is going to be definitely an interesting one when we also look at the core cpi that's expected to only actually come up a point one. so i'll be watching that month over month we're expected to go down about a point one. Hotter so core is what I'm interested also because I want to start seeing that go down. But the year-over-year year outlook, at least for me, I think we're looking good. And a lot of that, I think, was the downturn that we saw in oil early on. And now, of course, oil's come back, but mm -hmm. I think it was pretty weak when we got this reading. So that might help us just a little bit get down to that 5.2. I mean, hot or not, that's all that matters here. So we're going to find yeah. out in 27 minutes. That's going to dictate your next move. We're right up here. If we come in light, we start thinking about 420. We come in hot, we start thinking about four, four hundred, you know, back to 4,000 as buy. So, I mean, you're literally, it's a binary event. If it comes in wishy-washy, more chops. So, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited for the data. I don't know if anybody, everybody's speculating it's going to be light. I think the market's better. I mean, the market does the market action. I mean, people are going to be. It's going to be light. Yeah. Market's been bullish. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, whatever we think doesn't make a bit of difference no. because we're up near the highs of the move, closing high of the move, 53.75, a high, actual high for the move, 41.71.75. So that, that's what Mr. Market's saying. We just got to figure out if it's going to be a rug pull. Let's get to the news here, Mitch. All right, let's go ahead. Let's uh, let's talk about what you guys might have seen this morning. Of course, I don't know if you guys caught Warren Buffett's interview on CNBC about the banks. I know one person here definitely didn't miss that. Of course, our guy Dennis Dick. What happened there that caught your attention so much? Uh, well, it's Dennis. interesting, and you know, Buffett. You can tell he, he's never been like. Um, you can tell he's a, a, was a little bit cautious with his bank talk here cautious so i would say he was cautious because you know they were becky was basically looking for a vote of confidence saying mm -hmm. you know what about the banks and he didn't say he's buying banks he didn't say like he oh yeah you know banks. he, he even said he banks. even said that some banks could fail but what he did say was that no depositor in the u.s will lose their money and he was very confident saying that i think i could probably go for that i mean they already bailed out silicon valley bank 
they've already bailed out. So I, I think he might be right. But he was so confident that he said, I will bet anybody $1 million right now that watches this interview. That's like me and you betting a buck, Joel. So, I mean, let's give a perspective here. Warren Buffett betting $1 million is like me and you and betting $1. So it's not very much. But he said, I'll bet you $1 million, anyone, that every that no depositor in the U.S. will lose any money in the next year. Mm. If I was Becky, what I would have asked back was, if you're so confident you know, that no depositor is going to lose money, if you're so confident in the banking system, and maybe he wasn't confident in the banking system, why not buy some of the regional banks? Why not jump in? You know, let's jump in FRC. Why not jump in there? So he did not say that. And if if he had bought FRC, because people have been speculating that he's buying the regional banks, if he had bought them, I think he would have said that in that interview. I think he would have said that. So I think we can probably say, and we never know anything for certain, but we can probably say that Warren Buffett has not been buying the banks. He kind of tap danced around that, Dennis, because I, I listened to it too. But what he said and what he tried to, he goes, we would love to own banks. And we owned a bank in 1969, but because of regulation, we had to sell it. So he said, I would love to own a bank. I would love to own a whole bank. You know, so he, he made it like, yeah, he wants to buy a bank. He wants to buy the whole bank, but he's not buying one right now. So yeah, I so think he's he kinda, saying that he can't. But meanwhile, he's owned Wells. He he's owned other banks. So <laughs> I don't know if that's entirely true either. So he beat around the bush. He did not want to, you know, he, he didn't he didn't want to spook anyone. He wanted to put confidence back into the banking system. He was trying to say that. That's why he said the $1 million bet. He didn't say it once. He said like four times. It was kind of getting annoying at the end. He kept bringing up the bet and saying, I'll bet somebody. I mean, so confident. Why don't you buy some banks? That's what I'll Is he out of BAC? Is he out? Did he say he was out of all of his banks? I don't know if he's out of all of them or not. We could look at the holdings. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Just interesting. Yeah, but I can try to I can take try to it easy on that. Mitch go in the background. And I mean, it's it's a lesson in the pro as well. I mean, we're going to, we, we've got a guest coming on. We've got lots of CPI talk. I'm just in the background. Yeah, let's go. Let's can. go to the news. Well, well, we're going to go to the news. Joel's trying to really hurry the show here. Um, I think the main <laughs> Joel news put here us today, fast forward. Joel, Joel's in like, Joel's in like, you know, like real fast <laughs> mode here. He's, no, he's I'm in dentist mode. I'm in dentist mode. To he's kind of put a, a bow on this. To put a bow on this, right? I, I feel like he's not wrong in what he's saying that, you know, potentially maybe banks can go away. But I don't think that depositors have really the concern that a lot of people think because we've been talking about it. At least I've been ever since I heard the backstop being starting to mention and the government saying that they'll back whatever they need to do to get depositors money back. That's all that really needs to happen here. That's why deposits were moving. It wasn't necessarily the bank concerns. Of course, there's some people that don't want their money tied up. That's going to happen. That's normal, especially if you have like big money. But let's just be honest. Majority of us are not concerned about that. Um, I know that I still have a smaller regional bank. I'm not running towards my money. I don't think everybody else in the chat Who is running are you towards at? their Which money. Which bank are you in? I'm with Ally. With Ally? Yeah, and so I think uh, your money is safe too. I, I I kind of agree with one. I think we saw it with Silicon Valley Bank. We saw it with Signature Bank. But it doesn't mean that what me and you think, Mitch, is what the, everybody is thinking. So yeah. I I mean, obviously, we've had a lot of depositors take their money out of FRC. We know they had some re, a lot of redemptions, but you know, the stock's still holding on. I think that there's still risk here. That's why I'm still cautious. But 
Let's move away from the bank talk here because yep. it's not about banks today. It's going to be about the CPI. That's all that matters. We do have Merger Monday here too. We'll just quickly mention just breaking here right now. It was rumored, but now it is official. Mm. EMR Emerson is indeed buying NATI for $60 per share. NATI was trading earlier. It is now halted for the news. So it has been an official announcement. EMR buying NATI. EMR trading down 2% on it. NATI was up 8%. It's halted right now. $60. Remember, there's time value money to consider, too, so don't expect to go straight. This must have broke in, uh, in January or something. This must have been rumored then because you see the move from 40 to 40 to 54. Yeah, this is yeah. not new news. Not news. Okay, and there's yeah. one other merger. Yep, and there's also uh, Triton International to be acquired by Brookfield Infrastructure for $85 and a share in cash uh, in a stock deal here. Um, I don't trade these, so I'll kick it to you guys. I, I don't trade Triton hardly. I've <laughs> traded it before, but I don't trade it very often here. So, yeah, I mean, when you get these it. moves, it's already a done deal. So, it's up there, 82.80. Obviously, time value money consideration here, 83. It's actually a little higher than I thought it would be right now because, I mean, you're going to buy 83 and sit around here for a few months, maybe longer, you know, when you got 4 or 5% interest in cash. I'd be cashing out at 83 and moving on, but I'm actually surprised at trading up. I thought it would be about 81 or 82. So, obviously, the risk guard is putting no risk of this deal not getting done here or it would be trading a little bit off that price. This is all time value money. All right. Anything? Anything there, Joel? You want to add? No, nah, no. Nah, I mean, the the move. Uh, you know, obviously we, we haven't been following. It's just interesting. Is it? Is it they're looking to expand and they need more, or are they just trying to cut? You know, do some cut costs, cut jobs. You know, um, you know, merge the industries together. So I don't, the, I don't follow these companies. The other big, so the big news of the day probably now is Sears Logic. And Sears Logic is down, CRUS is down 12% here right now. This is a serious hit. Apparently, um, I'm just trying to grab it from the pro. Let me just go see if I can find it. One here. button on uh, the iPhone. Yeah, they, they make a button on the iPhone, and apparently Apple's not going to put that button on here, and that's the end of Sears Logic. <laughs> At least for today. <laughs> Man, you can tell uh... how dependent they are on, you know, and they're obviously a big Apple uh, part supplier here um i'm just trying to grab the headline so anyways it's about this button so lots of serious logic i've got loop capital comments here too the iphone 15 is being um design there's a design change going to the I I iphone 15 and the solid state button that was on this phone is apparently not going to be on there and, and that's serious logic makes that button apparently step down selling we learn right something now. new all the time so they're hammering crus on this they're potential hammering. and let me p put Oof. a p a potential support at the uh 87 to 88 dollar area that's a capital p on that one uh not like the the square number we had but uh, i do see a series of one two three four five six seven lows back in january at the end of january encompassing the 87 dollar level so there's still a couple bucks away but someone that got a step down seller right now just saying get me out of this stock all right we'll get out of serious logic it's gonna hurt them 
So Definitely Luke Capital is the first that. analyst that's come on and commented on this. So yep. keep an eye. Other are Apple or iPhone suppliers here, SWKS, which is not moving. Again, they're not being directly impacted here, though. It sounds like this is directly to Sears Logic. So in LITE, this is the second thing with the mental holdings. We got to mention this is the second thing regarding you know this is not making the button, but was or was Lamentum somebody else? No, I mean, they make Wissian. iPhone parts too. There's yeah, a lot of companies that make iPhone parts. You know, yeah, is this Broadcom. more? Is this more Apple trying to make these buttons themselves, or is this? Sounds like they just got rid of it. Again, yeah. this news just broke a little while ago, so we haven't really time to really dig into it. We're just starting to get some analyst commentary here, but we can clearly see CRUS. They're selling first and asking questions later. That is definitely certain there. You could definitely see it on the chart. And all right, well, we got another special surprise for you guys. And like always, Joel's been trying to bring a little extra to the show. So we got another guest for you guys. You guys smash the like. Let's get into another pitch, my man Joel bringing them. Of course, you guys know University of Michigan representing well. All right, Taylor, Taylor DeLaFell getting up the earliest he's been in four months to join us here on pre market prep. This was the winner. He got the first price, uh, uh, prize of winner, five. winner, chicken dinner, baby. And he was the only short, and it was WDFC. Taylor, take the floor. He is a senior at Ross from Toledo, Ohio. Awesome. Thanks. Pitching guys. a short. I love this. A short, the evil shorts out evil there. Evil shorts. Taylor, you're evil. This you're is what evil. they say. They say you got to put the pinky out there. It's doing my job. <laughs> Just making the markets more efficient. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, Bring I love this efficiency. guy. Oh, oh, man. That's you just, just killed it. Totally true. You, you, your Dennis's new friend. Efficient. You just made a friend. Dennis loves right. Oh, look at this. He's got fifty-six percent downside. I want to hear this pitch. All let's right. Go. Well, let's get into it. So this is a short on the WD forty company with a uh, target price of seventy-five dollars and a time horizon of six to ten months. Currently trades about one hundred seventy-four dollars a share. Holy. So a quick exact sum of what we're going to be talking about today. I see WD-40 is a compelling short for three reasons. The first being secular decline, their key end market. Uh, the second being a pull forward in demand that materially reduces the revenue growth prospects. And then finally is a long-term inability to diversify the business mix. So a quick company overview of what the WD-40 is. This is a consumer industrials company that's primarily involved in the manufacture and sale of the multi-use lubricant WD-40. On the right here, we have their two business segments. We're mainly going to focus on their maintenance product segment, which includes that legacy multi-use product, and as well as a line of specialist products. Uh, this is about 90% of their uh, fiscal year sales. They also have a home care and cleaning product segment. This is more of an afterthought by management, only about 10% of sales. And to give some context on management's targets, they target a 55% gross margin, 30% of revenue being operating expenditures, and a 25% EBITDA margin. However, supply side inflationary pressures have caused misses on all these fronts over the last 18 months. And then just to give some context on where, really, uh, where management's focused on growth, they're focused on driving uh, quantity through geographic expansion. Uh, next is margin through a mix of premiumization and shifting the business mix towards the higher margin WD-40 specialist product. And then finally, they are also focused on building out their digital commerce capabilities as well. Uh, here we have a stock price chart. As you can see in 2020-2021, shares experienced a meteoric rise, trading topping out about the $330 range. It's since come back down to earth, but it's important to note it still trades at a premium 27 times EBITDA and 38 times uh, 
LTM earnings. So our thesis points we're going to be discussing today is uh, first one is the secular decline of key automotive end markets. So this is about uh, 30 to 40% of their revenues auto exposed. And I see a significant reduction inbound as electric vehicles reach a critical mass in their end markets. And this is because, you know, EVs simply require far less maintenance, have far fewer move, moving parts that require lubrication, which in the long run really erodes a key use case for WD-40. Uh, the next is the significant headwinds in individual consumer demand. So in 2021, consumers flocked to the shelves to buy this stuff. Uh, however, the long shelf life of the product means that consumers that bought in 2021 really have little need to do so for years. Uh, we're seeing this one-time demand spike, uh, spike in demand really start to matriculate into inventory buildup, which I'll touch on uh, further in a bit. And then finally, stalling growth avenues for the legacy product combined with the long-term inability to divisif- uh, diversify the business mix. Uh, the premium price point of their specialist product line is hurting their ability to diversify, and the premiumization strategy for their multi-use product uh, is, is not working as sales are falling, and the price exceeds customers' willingness to pay. So to move into the thesis points more in depth, uh, first we're going to touch on the secular decline in their end market. So we have to discuss, you know, what is the future that WD-40 is going to be operating and really look like? Well, 50% of the company's sales come from the United States market where by 2030, one in two new cars will be electric. And why this is a big deal is because electric vehicles have thousands fewer moving parts than internal combustion engines. And when you isolate the powertrain, it's hundreds fewer moving parts. So whereas in an ICE vehicle, you'd be lubricating the brakes, the pistons, the calipers, the suspension. In an electric vehicle, you might just be using lubricant on the brakes and the suspension. You're not touching the battery with something like WD-40. And despite this long-term trend and secular decline, there's been little to no discussion by management about how they're going to approach this. So in presentation after presentation, really nothing from them uh, as as to how they're going to deal with this future trend. And, you know, electrification is not just a U.S.-centric uh, uh, development. This is really a global phenomenon. And WD-40 is second largest end market in Europe. Uh, EV market share is going to top 40% by 2030. To put it simply in graphical terms, on the right here, we have the humble grease monkey of the past, getting down and dirty, lubricating all parts of the car. And on the left, we have the automotive experience of the future, driving a car that has far less uh, service requirements and is much easier to maintain. Next, we'll talk about the headwinds and demand. So the COVID era boom really uh, hurts their ability to grow revenue long term. So WD-40 estimates that about 40% of their revenue uh, comes from individual consumers. And during the DIY boom of 2020, 2021, stuck inside consumers flocked to the shelves to buy the stuff. Sales were up about 20% year over year. However, the long shelf life of WD-40 really negates the need for that consumer to buy again for five years, you know, until 2026. Um, And as a result, we're starting to see inventories pile up, reaching about $120 million in the first quarter, up from $68 million a year ago. Finally, uh, third thesis point is the stolen growth avenue. So as I mentioned, in order to drive higher margins, management is is, uh, using a two-pronged strategy. First is premiumization, and second is diversifying the business mix towards specialist products. On the premiumization side, we're really starting to see cracks forming this strategy. So, you know, this is a company that's largely dependent on the sale of one product. is about $400 million of their $520 million in revenue. Uh, and so management has introduced functional adjustments to WD-40's can, such as flexible metal straw, that results in a higher selling price. You know, this is a company that's been around since 1950, yeah. uh, or sorry, 1970. And this is what they call innovation, is changing the straw. Uh, but earnings prints are starting to show cracks <laughs> in the strategy as, uh, you know, first quarter sales overall decreased 7%. But for the premium, uh, premiumized WD-40 multi-use products, those sales decreased to further 12%. So what we can conclude from this is that the growth algorithm is really starting to stall on the volume front. 
and can't be compensated for by price increases. Uh, finally, the specialist product is just simply priced too high to be competitive. So, you know, management will talk all day about their goals to diversify the business mix. And But despite being in the market for years, the specialist products are only about 11% of revenue. And doing channel checks with various users in the automotive and uh, automotive segment, uh, this has revealed heightened price sensitivity amid uncertain macroeconomic conditions. And so when you look on the right here, WD-40 specialist product, their penetrating catalyst sells at about $1.25 an ounce. Versus something like PD Blasters, comparable product sells about a 61%, uh, 61 cents per ounce. Uh, at the end of the day, what we can conclude is that WD40's premium price point is really hurting their ability to diversify the business mix. They're just priced too high above comparable products. To touch briefly on valuation, uh, so if you look at first quarter sales and you annualize those numbers, you get a revenue number that is $50 million below the guidance. So what WD-40 is saying is they're guiding towards a back-weighted second half of the year. Uh, but you know, WD-40 has never been a seasonal business. And so in order for management to meet the revenue guide, uh, it's just far outlandish to think that revenue is going to accelerate in the third and fourth quarter of this year. So I project revenue does increase, uh, but not quite at the rate to meet that guidance. So about $520 million of revenue at a 53% gross margin. So supply side inflationary pressures abate, margins ticking up. Gets us to EPS of $4.74 or a 43 cent miss from $5.17 consensus. At 15 times multiple, we get an implied share price of $74.60. Just talking about how we got that multiple. So speaking with the sell side, they're using. Uh, other uh, high brand equity, brand value companies like Planet Fitness and Estee Lauder to, to compare WD-42. That's just simply inappropriate. When you look at other industrials, chemical company, industrial chemical companies like Dow Chemical or Valvoline, they trade more in that 15 times range. That's how we back into that 15 times multiple. So to conclude, we've learned that WD-40's long-term business model faces an existential risk for which management has no plan. The company's growth algorithm, growth algorithm is broken. And the market hasn't yet priced this into the share price. Uh, a lack of sell side coverage has led to the company being inappropriately compared to high growth names. And then finally, most importantly, WD-40 is just extremely unlikely to meet its fiscal year 2023 revenue guide, which when that happens will cause the share price to crater. So with that, take any questions you guys have. Wow. Great presentation, Taylor. I mean, well thought out. I mean, I love the idea that you pitched a short because it's not very often we have somebody come on <laughs> and pitch to short a stock. Obviously, you know, just Taylor's opinion here. I mean, this is um, this is interesting. The reason that the analysts are comparing to Procter and Gamble and those other companies is the same reason that I would compare it to that is that WDFC is viewed as a staple. It is viewed as something that has you know stable cash flow for a long time. What I love about your thesis, though, is that you're saying that just because we've been buying WDFC for the last 50 years, we may not be buying into the quantities we were doing going forward because of this move to EV. And I think that's the big thing is that if that is true, and obviously, you know, I'm not sure how quickly this move to EV is coming. But if that is true, I believe that's what your thesis is built on, correct? That, you know, eventually, yeah. This isn't going to trade 27 or 28 or 30 times earnings like a Procter & Gamble because you're actually going to see earnings decline here and people are going to realize that you don't need WD-40 nearly as much if we're moving to EV. Is that kind of what your whole thesis is built on here? Yeah, so I guess two things there. The first is, yeah, you have a long-term secular decline in their key end market, which of course is going to put you know pressure on the company to be able to meet its uh, its guidance going forward and meet that those long-term revenue growth rates. Um, I will push back a little bit on that. It should be valued with Procter and Gamble. Really, what was uh, 
the information I was trying to convey is that when you talk to the sell side about this stock, WD40 is obviously a company that you know you can identify quickly in the shelf. And so the analysts that cover WD40, mainly consumer analysts, so they're looking at WD40's brand equity, brand value, and they're comparing it to companies like Estee Lauder or Planet Fitness, you know, very recognizable brands. Uh, Procter & Gamble being a comp for this is more so because they manage a suite of brands that are easily recognizable, not so much because it's a staple um, or a, a, a consumer staple. So I think that's really where the multiple is coming from, more driven by the brand equity than it is being a, a staple product. All right. And I just wanted to throw one note in there. On Monday, the shares were trading lower after the company recorded Q2 results, included lighter than expected anticipated sales volume. The company also said there be continues to be pressures on gross margins. So uh, good job there. Mitch, you got any final comments? Yeah, I think it's not a, a bad one to mention for a short side outlook. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you need this stuff for everything. But <laughs> like always, you already have a can. Look at this guy. He has a smaller can. King of the hill, baby. <laughs> the lid off. He, he, he used the WD-40 to take the lid off the WD-40. Yeah, you can use that stuff for everything. Come on. You can use it for everything nowadays. But yeah. The truth is, I saw everybody in the chat. This guy was like, I use it every single day, but I still have the same can from 20 years ago. So, hey, that's how it's going to be. Appreciate you coming on, Taylor, bringing something different for us, bringing a short outlook, and definitely see a bright future for you, man. Keep yeah. pushing forward at the University of Michigan, and we're really proud of you. I mean, you won the competition, so I definitely want to give you a shout-out for that. And if you've got a, a Twitter or any social that we can follow, please let us know so we can drop it in the chat there. And keep up with you. And uh, full disclosure, um, I asked him if he had a position in the stock, and he is short the stock. So I just oh, full, full disclosure, he's yeah, short the stock. Hey, he money yeah, man. Man. Okay, CPI, CPI. Thank you so much. CPI. Let's talk about it. We uh, well, I it. didn't get a chance to talk about the S and P's. We made a little run here. We're starting to get choppy already. Here we are. Uh, we missed yesterday's high at uh, fifty-one seventy-five. Mm -hmm. Uh, we had a nice little bump. I, I mean, your super extra good major support is not down until the triple bottom at, uh, in the spider at 406 and the S and P's at 4,100. So if they're going to take this thing straight down, that's the first area of support. I, on the way up, the high of the move is 7,175. I, it's going to have to be a really good number to get us up there and over there. Triple D, what do you what do you feel? I got the butterflies the going. I'm nervous on this one. I'm obviously going to leave you guys in two minutes. I will trade this number. Um, this is going to be a lot of chop. I think. I think it comes in close. I think it's going to be like up or down a point, and like you know a tick, 0.1 percent either way. And I think the market gives you a lot of chop off of that. So definitively hot. We're in trouble. Definitively not. We're going to rally. In, 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 I guess is indefinitively, that's not a word. But if we, you know, if it's this wishy-washy, it's right there, I think we're going to get a lot of chop. So I think we're going to see chop because I don't think it's going to be that hot. And I don't think it's going to be that. It's hot. probably be in line. You know, everyone's Wow, well, that's going to be a lot of chop. Comes in line. People are like, okay, now what? <laughs> that's what the I The algos think. don't know what to do with an inline number. That's what I think. I think more in line here. And I'm with you, Joel. But one thing that I would say is I know, Dennis, you don't see a positive for in line, but I think in line is a positive yeah. because the only thing that I feel that could really turn us around there. Well, I'd say two things. Bank concerns, of course, that's a whole nother ballgame. But inflation spiking back where the Fed would have to be like, well, we might have to continue raising rates here um, because inflation staying strong. 
But if it just shows that it can continue on the trend lower, I think the Fed can just continue on their pausing game and just continue to let that game play. I think in line would be viewed as a negative, actually. So I'll take the other side of that. I think if it's in, right. in if I think if it's in line, it goes negative. And the reason for that is that we've run so far into the number and we've priced in not priced to perfection, uh, but we priced in. Uh, we've priced in the pivots coming a lot sooner. So one, you can't see anything really tick higher. So I say that point one up, point one down. I think it needs for the market to go higher here. It actually needs to come in light. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be interesting. You're going to get a lot of chop. I still think, regardless, unless it's definitively hot or definitively not. Yeah, so and I'm I'm leaving you though. We're going to let Joel and Mitch take it from here. I will hopefully be back. It's going to be crazy. I'm going wide. Okay, uh, just uh, with uh, some chats with Blue on the Q1 special. If you guys missed that, you can go to premarketprep.com and check that out. And he, he says that uh, he thinks the March data released in April is going to be useless. He thinks the first sign of a crack in the labor markets will show up in a new weekly unemployment, uh, unemployment, unemployment insurance claims. So he's not looking. Another thing to allude to his point is, man, where was crude when this number was? taken i mean where was sugar so i i mean i think this is a, it's, if it's gonna be like a good number i think what well, people will be like well well what what's the april number gonna be and it's gonna be another so this is like this is an ongoing process here let me go to the s p's mitch you want to set things up here march cpi let me go to the minute chart definitely i just want to give the action. outlook really quickly consensus core cpi is going to be prior was 5.5 consensus on this one is 5.6 actually expected to go up a little bit in the core year over year estimate is 5.2 prior six percent we're expected to go down 0.8 on the year over year outlook and the month over month outlook expected to go down 0.1 from 0.4 prior now the estimate 0.3 let's get to the action gonna put up joel's chart here of yep. course be careful with the algos out there i'm not jumping i'm not jumping i'm gonna wait till you officially <laughs> i'll give you the price action uh let's it's light this, it's let's light. do this it's light or at least the initial people think it's light it's super light oh my gosh is it light look at this we are off to the races we, we got to look out for 7375 right now or 7175 was the high of the move unless these algo jumpers just jumped out but it has to be light here i'm looking for it i'm looking for it you guys let it's me know light. you guys see it's it got to be like negative we must be at like 2% inflation right now <laughs> i wouldn't say it's that it's still not yet, out but... yet and the algo jumpers are doing this they're faster than I oh, am. Oh man! Guess. Oh man! Oh man! I got to get that feed. Holy man! Yeah, whatever feed they use, they they need to let me know about it. Sixty-four. Even 75. off the the BLS site still doesn't even have it. So oh, the big money! The is. big money is pushing 5% it higher. Percent year over year versus five point two. Definitely light by point two, but I think that's kind of more in line. And this is a good reaction, but. Um, it came in at 5% versus 5.2. Core at 5.6 versus 5.6, right in line. Month over month, 0 0.4 versus 0 0.4 on the core. Uh, the month over month read for the regular CPI, that one I don't have just yet. That one should be leaking in here. But like I said, year over year outlook, 5% versus a 5.2% estimate. And to me, what does this do? This gives the Fed 
the ability to continue just being on the pause. Yep. I wouldn't yep. expect a single rate increase from here as long as we can continue They're showing still the do trend. A quarter, Mitch. They're still going to do think? a quarter. Yeah. You think, Joel? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They don't. Yeah, because this is one month's worth of data. And as I said before, I mean, where was crude when this data was taken? Where yeah, were some of these other commodities? I think, I don't think we, I mean, the market was leading this way. They're getting it going this way. You just, you know, I'm focusing right now on 71.75. That's been the high of the move. Market got what they wanted here. I mean, look at this. The, the excluding energy was in line. Well, look what energy's done in the last month. So yeah. we are coming up. That 71.75 is eminent here. Uh, we're pushing our way to 4,200. I hope I hope Triple D was out there lifting offers before they uh, they actually put the – boy, it was slow. Or were they saying it on TV? Were, were the out – Man, what kind of... They get uh, it faster because I even had the, the BLS site up, right? I have the actual site that's supposed to be releasing the data and they're not even getting it We got to relocate our servers, man. We got to yeah. be right next to that wherever they release that. But uh, so, uh, right I wanted now, to show the energy. Reaction. Exactly what you talked about, the energy here. And so this is the report, actually. You can see it here, how we were in February down 0.6, now down 0.35. And that's definitely starting to help when you look at the commodities down points, uh, 1.7, uh, so 17 to the negative side. And you can see here fuel oil also to the negative. And one thing that I'm starting to see is finally we're starting to at least not kind of rise on shelter. That still hasn't changed there. But you can also see there that used cars, new cars, that isn't really causing inflation. Food overall starting to show a zero. That's a good outlook there. So food it's showing positive, that it's not positive. really. Yeah, exactly. So at least I think there's things that we need to watch for, right? Shelter, we've always talked about how that's very sticky. That's going to take a long time to turn. But everywhere else, everywhere else I see this, I don't see a negative for inflation increasing. That's good sign, team. And if Boy, you see here, you. energy index decreased 6.4% for the 12 months and food index increased 8.5% over the last year. But overall, at least not increasing on the food. That's what I wanted to see. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of goes back to like when uh, uh, Powell was at that that last uh, uh, that last meeting. He was speaking and like, yeah, I'm taking rates up, and he just had that. I'm just like, what does this guy know? He is so calm. What does he know that we don't know? And uh, maybe you know, I doubt if he has the numbers ahead of time. But uh, we talked about that uh, the high of the move. We have made a new high of the move. That was seventy one seventy five, and uh, we don't want to seem to be blinking here. They are just jamming this market higher we have no daily highs no really true daily highs until 4203 and a quarter that's our february 16th high the interday high was a little bit lower on that but i'm just going to stick with the globex high everything is just turned to green here tech which has got beaten up over the last couple of days let me adjust the charts to uh reflect the 24 hour action Right now, they're lifting offers and everything. I guess what you would want to do, uh, if instead of going through all these stocks individually, uh, look at like your recent. I'll use Apple as an example. 
Uh, you're trading at 162 and a quarter on a relative basis. The high of the move for this thing is way higher. That's at 166.84. Uh, 165.63 was the closing highs for the move. So at least that stock on a relative basis is not participating. But remember, that participated before. Microsoft, boy, high of the move is still ways away. So let's see what's picking up the slack. Is JP Morgan, JP Morgan is trading. Oh, that's not trading up as much as the market is. What's trading above? The SPY's up 0.9. Oh, uh, Microsoft is trading above it, but still off its high, the move. Google and Amazon catching a bid. NVIDIA, Tesla, everything. This is a buy everything market, man. If yeah. you're short out there, I don't know. I don't know what yeah. to tell you, Mitch. What else you seen in the individual stocks? Strength, 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 right? I mean, at the end of the day, now it's just going to be kind of the only thing I could see us turning around is if we get another bank scare. But if we don't get that, we're off to the races. It looks like we, we could be through that high. I mean, we're close to 415 already. And of course, that uh, high on February 2nd being 418. Could that be in reach today, Joel? Uh, let's see. Basis of spider, I'd have to see. Let's see. For the S&P, it, it seems what, like what, it date, what date was it? What date was it? Um, That's the 2nd, February 2nd, where okay. we have a high of the 418.31. Okay, because I'm looking at the 16th. Let me go to the spy here and uh, uh, let's see. It's just February. interesting to me. This looks like a, a, it really does look like it's trying now to run away from the price action that's below it. Um, so that's it. really interesting that we keep kind of riding also the 9 EMA trend. This looks like expansion to the upside. Now I'm definitely uh, leaning more to the bull side team. I did not. Uh, I did not state no recession. I just said that, that was uh, that was uh, that was like you know what. And it, also, if you look at you know like it's a speculation and these people coming out. I mean, it, sometimes if you just and I'm not saying 100% tentacles, but the price action ahead of this was very bullish. I mean, we made the high for the week. We backed off. We put the triple bottom in. You know the you know it it was there that the the big money was leaning the right way on this move. Are they going to ring the register into it, or are they just going to buy more? And uh, right right now they seem to be buying more. What a great day to have Warren on here with uh, CPI inflation cools in March. I just I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to you know throw a wet blanket on this move, but. You know what? You know, throw uh, throw crude in at uh, eighty two, eighty three dollars, and what would this number be? So that's why I have to look at it. Triple D must be in a super extra fast yeah. market here. Do we got uh, any questions coming out of the chat on this? I mean, the price action speaks for itself. High is forty one seventy seven seventy five. The other thing that I noticed is that was there was a little bit of dip, but it came nowhere near the low of the day on that one nowhere mm -hmm. near um they just bought it they saw the number they bought it and uh you want to get on to i think triple d might be uh might be buried for a while you want to yeah. get on to some mm -hmm. of this other news yeah i mean we we can get on to some other news here and uh we can definitely take a look at what's happening from this move but i think the most important thing to kind of look at now is going to be the the big tech names uh tesla's up already about two percent off of this move so just want to state that, that uh, that's one stock that I'll be looking for, um, especially if we can continue this upside move. Why can't Tesla get back there to 200? 
now. Um, you know, everything's starting to turn towards kind of more that bullish outlook. I'm going to be looking for some tech names also to get the lift. NVIDIA was kind of weak yesterday, but there's a, a, a re reason why I didn't short it yesterday. I kept saying, man, these tech stocks just keep staying super strong. And there's a point where you see stocks so strong that you're like, fighting this is just fighting the trend. And right now on NVIDIA, I'm not trying to go short by any means. That just looks to me like you want to get your face ripped off. Good question coming out of here. You know, uh, am I, you know, because I, I talked about that, that uh, high for the year being in, and this is a yeah. big rally. I mean, this is this a good is. number, and it, it's too late for me to come out and say now, oh, I don't think the high is the end because I just missed it like a 350-point rally. It only would have substances if I said it when it was 3,800 or 3,850. What I am saying is that you can get all excited about this CPI number, mm. but you got Q1 earnings season coming up. And I don't care what Warren says about the banks. You got some big bank earnings coming out on Friday. Oh, and if they come out just uh, squeaky clean and we get through these earnings, you know, the earnings were just ripping, good earnings, no Lord guidance, then, yeah, I'll take that off the table. And uh, I'll say, yeah, we're going to be ripping higher. But the only thing that's keeping me just a little bit cautious here is that we are coming into Q1 earnings season and it's, you know, what what's that in store? So yeah. to answer, uh, yeah, to answer your question there. Um, also, I just come one of these days. I don't know. I mean, keep an eye on your pre-market highs. When we have these kind of moves and stuff, a lot of times you see your highs in the pre-market that you mm -hmm. don't see in the regular session. So we did get uh, six points above the the, the five-day Globex high. But, you know, have they done it in the regular session? Has ha Apple hasn't even sniffed its, uh, its, uh, its uh, high of the moves. So a um, lot, lot, lot of good news here. So far, market's indicating, uh, you know, everything's fine with inflation. The Fed's doing a good job. Uh, but let's see. We'll see what Q1 earnings season Carmen about. talking about Kathy stocks making a little bit of a move. I don't Are think they? that's a bad – I don't think that's a bad – mentioned there by Carmen. That's one thing that we were looking at before when we cut down from that 40, right? We're coming right back to that 40 spot. That's right? just a big area. Big I area mean, to look for yeah. now. And I mean, that I, I wouldn't react too early. I personally would look for it to get above that 40, really start showing me some strength. But we can also take a look underneath the hood, right? And take a look at some of those stocks to see if some of these really start taking lead. Um, so like a shop, I would take a look at to see if Let's that can get moving today. Uh, shop has been an interesting one, has pulled back into that 40 multiple times, bounced back. Are we going to see this go higher? And with uh, shop, I've, I've been actually keeping a close eye on like Amazon that is really close to that 100. Um, I, I don't, I don't, you know, always put these two side by side, but I definitely do. Oh, think they're they pretty trade I mean often. And so I look to see the price action in both. When Amazon's doing really good, I think Shop does really well. So I'm going to be looking to see if Amazon can get back above 100 and maybe if Shop can get it's back. It's back above 100 right now. It's uh, it's up nice. above 22 at 101.14. But, I mean, just to give you a perspective here, what, it's trading 101.24, okay? It's trading 20 cents above yesterday's high, 24 cents. So on a relative basis, that's not a great performance. It's mm -hmm. not even at its two or three day high. And the actual high for the move today, it would take a major move in this. It would need to get up to 104.20. 
with the uh, the closing high of the move at 103.95. So, uh, yeah, tech, the tech is up. It's rallying. But, man, these things are the ones that had the, the, the big runs. I want to see, you know, I want to see strength in some other issues here. Of course, uh, you got something like ExxonMobil trading up 65 cents. But you have, you know, crude trading up, too. Gold getting a boost from this too, up twenty one seventy at uh, twenty forty. So um, I don't know. I like to see. I like to let's look at like your Procter and Gamble's. How's Procter? Well, no one's no one's made a move in Procter and Gamble yet here. That's flat. Uh, that's flat on the session. Let me get the pre market up here. I just want, I want to see what they're buying here besides the spoos. Um, we have the, the takeover companies. I mentioned the banks. Let's see how Bank of America is doing. Uh, Bank of America, that's up a little bit more than market. But, man, you got a roadblock there at 29. There's probably some huge paper uh, at 29 in Bank of America. So that's uh, that's pretty much uh, the wrap on the stocks here. Uh, Spoo's not give it in. We're back in the 4170 handle. As I said, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big move. Let's see if we can hold it into the open. All right. Well, I'll just bring in a conversation that I've started to take. I started to actually flip my oil outlook. You guys know I've been actually shorting these names. I took some longs. So let's talk a little bit about maybe some oil names. Um, we can get into different ones. If you guys got any in the chat that you guys are looking at, definitely mention them. I took two yesterday. Actually, I got pretty much three so what are you listening um, to me on the oil what are you doing shorting these oil things huh i, I was before i was before <laughs> joel i made my money and now we got to be nimble quick to the upside oh, boy, so I, i'm oh. taking a shot on some of these i'll give you guys the ones that i'm in i got uh conico phillips i got valero and i also got eog so um whichever one you guys want to take a look at we were looking at this eog yesterday Let's take a look at that one because I feel like that one was a nice setup that I was looking for a pushback above the highs. Now we're starting to push. Now I'll be looking for the 200 day also to try to play as some support. 200 days at 121.90 for EOG. I started it's, seeing also it's a, it's a 122.68. 122.68. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch, are you longer? So you're going long these? Long, long, long these. I'm long on the oil game. And you saw a spike in WTI this morning um, with, of course, the CPI number. It's up there. I have WTI up towards like 82s. What do you have your crude future? Uh, we we have uh, some major resistance here. And uh, this is where originally we thought we're going spike. to. Uh, move it up here. It's closer. There's multiple highs in the like 82 and a half to 83 and we got to 82.48 this morning so there's just two three four highs in that area going in december uh going in january and i uh, haven't quite got there yet so um yeah i you know move you're going with the momentum here i just want to we're, we're just taking a little drop here folks we do have some drop. profit takers yeah okay. coming into this market here they're saying hmm What's that? What's that April number going to look back here? So I think the um, you know, if you had stocks, if you're waiting for the regular session here, I think you've seen the highs here for the day. I think you've seen the highs for the session, seventy-seven, seventy-five. I think you got to refocus now on the seventy-one, seventy-five, which was the high of the move. So that's what we're looking at. S and P's trying to remember remain in the forty-one sixty handle. 
Do you think this is going to help or hurt the gold trade, Joel? It's helping it. Gold's up 1780. Now, you think that a disinflationary number would be bad for gold, but <laughs> you no. never know, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the dollar, people like to tie it to the dollar. I think it's a momentum trade. Let's take a look. Let's drill down in the gold futures and let's see what you got here. You got a high of the move. You, oh, you match the high of the move. Uh, 204340, 2043.90 is what you just hit. Oh boy, am I tempted to sell this gold? Oh, that half forever. <laughs> and then I know uh, then I will then I'll wait till it goes back down to 1800 and I'll say, Oh, I should have sold it. But this is the longest that it's held up, um, in the two, in the 2000 area, the longest that it's held up here for a long time. So as long as that, um, you know, it, it, you know, if, as long as it keeps holding that as support, then there's really – and if you talk about people say all-time high, well, what is really the all-time high? The rolling front-month contract has the all-time high at 2099.10, so a little, uh, little bit difficult. But right now, uh, for you gold traders, I think you've got to make your focus if you're looking to revisit the highs of the session, 2043.90. Uh, is your current high 43.40 was the high of the move. I'd even back it off here a little bit. And I'd shift my focus away to 40.38.20 because that was the high close for this recent move. That was your April 4th high. So, you know what? We were looking at the, you know, the tech and the big components of the S&Ps. And when they, when they are coming up that, that shy of the high of the move, man, you did, uh, you know, you need broad, you don't need full participation by those, but man, I would have rather seen a little bit more pop. Who knows what's going to happen um, in the regular session. Uh, but uh, right now, right now, the bull, the bulls, the bulls are winning. What else do we got? We got, we got we some. Got Dennis Dick. That's what no we way. got. Back. I'm back. Got Dennis Dick. That's what we right got. There. It was a lot of trading, a lot of uh, chop, a little a bit of quick, chop. It was quick straight up there. The it was light. Number was light, straight up from the number. I think this obviously adds to the bull thesis. This is the thesis. If you're full bearish, this is not what you want to see. I'm still playing a cautious. I may, I've been wrong to play a cautious. Obviously, should be all in here because we've had a significant rally here in the last little while. But I'm still playing a cautious here. Um, you know, how do you trade stuff like this? You're doing separation. So you're seeing like the algos are just stupid. Sometimes they just start buying everything. Yeah. But I've been trying to sell consumer staples that have just had a ridiculous rally into this. So, and you're starting to see that come off here. So again, think about the rotations because when we see the 830 to 835 number, they buy everything. Oh my goodness, they buy everything. And then they start to, you know, oh, it starts to separate. So right now you're still seeing everything green. I think mm -hmm. you will see separation. I think some of the consumer staples could end up going red on this because we've been hiding there. So, I mean, that's how, you know, I approach it. It's, it's uh, I, I make my money by the inefficiencies when people don't respect relationships. So this number being up like this is typically not good for consumer staples because they've been a defensive trade. This market's all in right now. So, you know, that's just, you know, the, the minutia of, you know, how I'm trading, looking at different things. If, if you get a significant rally where, you know, like Walmart's blasting off, I mean, that's, is that the stock you want to own right now? Maybe not. That's a stock that could actually turn around and go red. I don't have a position on that one, but I am short some of the consumer staples into this rally. Overall here, overall market thoughts, um, I think that the bulls will make a stand here if we start to pull back. I don't think there's a day we're going to give it all back and go mm -hmm. red. It would be really bad if we did that. I don't think that's the case. You got the number you wanted. 
The bull thesis grows. I think you're buying the dip on certain stocks, momentum stocks, Kathy stocks. Those ones are lifting a lot more than the regular market because, hey, those are the ones that need the pivot more. So think about if you're buying stocks today and you think the market's going to go higher, you want to be thinking about the stocks that need the pivot sooner. And that is all those nosebleed valuation stocks, the Kathy stocks. Um, your tech stocks are going to be catching a bit off of this. There's no doubt. Um, but then other stocks don't want to pivot. So, I mean, you've got to think about that too. So, you know, your defensive names maybe don't want to pivot. It's surprising gold, very surprising that gold is rallying as much as it is. That's interesting, I would I would say. I did not expect that. What was gold doing before? I didn't really look at gold before the number, Joel. Uh, gold was, um, I know it was, it was trading flat. Uh, let me look where it closed. It's up, it's up 20 bucks now. So it was, it was already trading. It was trading in the green a little bit. Uh, yesterday's close was 1980. Today's low is, uh, 1840. So, um, it caught, it caught a bit on this. Yeah. yeah, A little bit. It's interesting that, that, that they were buying gold on this. You would think not logically they would sell off gold on this. So that's a little bit of, uh, a red flag, I would say, for the bull thesis that they're still buying gold on this. Uh, but good number for the bulls. Good. What do you think the about the tech, though, Dennis? I don't know if you heard me in the background there when you were banging on the keyboard, but like, what do you think about Apple? I mean, this uh, this came up so far the high of the move here. These things are, you know, they're all priced to perfection. Yep. Here's the problem: Microsoft is almost thirty times earnings now. I mean, this is where. This is where I've struggled the most with this market. It's like I've got all these, you know, worries that I've, you know, obviously voiced, but I struggle the most with valuation. It usually when you have, you know, concerns, you know, that we've had, you get, you know, the valuations coming in, but they haven't. And in tech, they've expanded. I mean, now you're trading 29 times forward earnings on Microsoft. Is it deserved? I mean, is ChatGPT going to change the world? Maybe. If you think ChatGPT, we're all going to stop Googling. We're all going to go to Bing. I had the little Bing Skype thing even pop up at me the other day. So, I mean, you know, there is the the room for the E to go up with Microsoft if that ChatGPT really is a product. But I just think it's all been multiple expansion. And I'm like, do I really want to be buying multiple expansion? I think there's decent com- other companies to be buying here as opposed to maybe chasing tech into this. But Oh, for sure. But, but, you, but it, it's been the place to be. And this number is a good number for tech. So this is a good number. But I wonder if you don't see separation here, Joel. Like, and, and again, so I'll make a call here today. I wonder if you don't see a stock like Microsoft start to leak here again. Because Microsoft has been moving opposite the market. It's been the place to hide. And I wonder if you don't see you know, some of those smaller beaten down names in tech. You know, you mentioned Shopify. It's getting an upgrade here today. But maybe some of these beaten down ones that haven't got any love at all. And again, it has been mega cap tech that has carried this market. It's been getting all the love. I don't know if those are the ones I want to buy today because I think if we're really in and we're just I'm just thinking this right out loud here right now to you. But if we're thinking that rah rah bull, well, we were buying these stocks when we were nervous. So there's a little bit of a of a defensive trade in those names that could actually come out. So I think this morning at this point in time, I'd actually sell Microsoft right now. And it's up one percent. It's up more than the market. I'd probably be selling the Apple right now. And if I was moving and I thought it was going higher, I'd maybe be moving to some of these smaller names, small, some of these smaller tech names that haven't participated as much. Because I don't think 
that the next rally is going to be driven by Microsoft and Apple and the mega cap tech. It's going to be driven by other things. And that's what we've really, you know, seen in the last few days. We were seeing, you know, Microsoft come off for a couple of days there, Mitch. You even took a short on it. So, I mean, maybe there's a catch-up trade with some of these other tech names that haven't went up at all. The Microsoft trade is very crowded. So I think at 285 this morning, right now, I think I'm a seller. That's the first thing I noticed was, uh, you know, because I, you know, how I look at things on a relative basis, right? The S&Ps, the high of the move, right? 71.75. We exceeded it. Apple, the high of the move is 66 and change. It couldn't even get over. Uh, did it get into 162 handle? Let me see here with Apple. Uh, that that was the first thing. Yeah, you got into, you got to uh, 162.30. And then if you switch over to the dailies, I mean, that that's barely taking out yesterday's high. And now it's 50 cents under yesterday's I, high. I think Apple, I, I wouldn't be surprised. This market could hold up. Don't be surprised here. So that we're in such a, okay. a weird market right now. Don't be surprised that this market actually holds up and Apple mm-hmm. and Microsoft don't. Because we automatically think, I think a lot of the other stuff's going to pick up the slack here today. So you're seeing a rally across the board and a lot of beaten down names. I'm seeing stocks like Kohl's, you know, they're grabbing the retail. You know, they're grabbing. Those are the ones that haven't participated. And I'm long Kohl's, full disclosure. Um, But I think you could see drug stocks weaker here today on this number. I think you could see consumer staples weaker on this number. I think the mega cap tech trade, again, you know, they're up up a lot right now. now. 1.2, 1.3%. Google's up 1.2. But, you know, Apple's up 0.67, lagging a little bit. Maybe that's a tell. Maybe Apple's a tell. I, I'm actually going to be calling out one here. I got you, Dennis. Uh, you yeah. said there may be one that hasn't gone. That I just saw um, Micron get a little bit of a lift, right? What about Marvell Technology? I love Marvell. I think it's I think it's hanging out here at the bottom. Yeah. It got pulled back when Micron started getting hit yeah. to the downside back, and it's been kind of sleepy down here. Maybe this is one that I'll be. It's definitely on my radar now. I think so, like too. Today. I think this is where, if you think the next bull market, we're heading to 420, and I'm still cautious camp. I might I might put a little bit of, of capital to work here. But I, I think a stock like this, you know, I'm sitting with 65% cash. Here's one that hasn't even gone up at all. Here's a, a company that is, you know, a, a been around for a long time, Marvell Technologies. It doesn't trade with a ridiculous valuation. What's the P on Marvell? It's not crazy. I mean, last time, I, I, I've been in this three or four times. I've actually had some pretty good trades on this one, some swing trades. What's MRVL just throwing you under the bus here? What's the P on that thing? Uh, I have 24. Yeah, so, you know, you're still up there. I mean, again, this is the trouble. It's cyclical, too. So, it's scary. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to say Valuation, 16, Mitch. Man. I Valuation, you were going to say man. 16. <laughs> but I think you got to start giving a little bit more of a lift, right? Just because of the way that the Fed has turned. Yeah, um, I don't think you want I don't think you want to chase mega cap tech here, though. I yeah. think if you're going to look, look to the stuff that hasn't gone yet, maybe. You know, maybe there's a catch-up trade here. And Marvell is one of them that hasn't gone. You can look at all these stocks. Just go to ARKK. It's been <laughs> They're all there. <laughs> it hasn't gone. It hasn't participated but in the recent rally. But then the only theory if they haven't gone now, are maybe they going to go? go. Maybe yeah. And then, then what, if the, the, what if the market does? I mean, Dennis, come on, man. Buy and let. I mean – you can do it. You can identify these kind of things, but man, oh man, it says, "Yeah, okay, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for this catch-up trade." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the market turns, and then you're like, "Oh no, now I know why this stock didn't go up." So, uh, and, you know, and that's and that's true too, Joel. I mean, maybe these aren't going up for a reason here. Again, 
I'm still sitting with a lot of cash because I just, it's a tough market to figure too. I mean, again, it as is. an investor, it's all risk reward. So I analyze the risk and the reward and I look. I think if we get a pullback on the overall market, I think you're buying stocks. I think you're buying dips now. I think the October lows, unless we get another bank failure, are out of the question. So I think you know, it's been wrong to be in cash. Three weeks ago, it was a good call to be in cash because we didn't know. But you know, at this point in time, it looks like the banking crisis has at least subsided. I don't know if it's gone completely, but it's subsided. So you got to start thinking about buying stocks on dips here. I think you got to be doing that. But I don't want Chase Mega Cap Tech here. I don't want to chase right. Microsoft. I, I totally Mitch, agree. are you with me on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely keeping an eye on it. Let's take a look at some stocks that are moving right now. What's up? What's not? And, of course, we'll start wrapping up here on pre-market prep. Last comments from Joel before he gets out of here. All right. Last comments from Joel. What are we yeah, looking at? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, the high of the day's in. And I think uh, all it, right. yeah, the high of the day's in. And, I, you know, Dennis said they're going to be buying the dip here. I, I don't I don't see any place to buy the dip here. I'm not, I would not be. Where, where again, do you buy the I, dip? Joel, you're putting words in my mouth here. I didn't say that they're coming. I said I would be buying a significant dip. I'm not talking about 411. I'm saying I think at this point in time, my bare thesis. So let's just. Go bigger picture here. Yeah, I don't know where the hell we're going in the next 10 minutes. Nobody knows. This is going to chop around. But I think what I have to say here today is that my bear thesis, my overall bear thesis has a lot of holes in it. Mm -hmm. So as a trader, it's okay to be wrong. It's not okay to stay wrong. We are all going to be wrong. So I think with my 65% cash holdings, it's still that high. I think... On a significant pullback in the S&P, which I think we're going to have earnings coming different things, I think I have to be looking to put some of that capital to work. I think Mitch has a good idea with Marvell. Hasn't even went yet. And maybe yeah. it's not going to go. Maybe it's just the dog. Maybe it's going to go straight down. The PE24 scares me a little bit. I'll probably stay away just for that reason. But I think you've got to start looking. If you're sitting with a lot of cash, I think you've got to start looking at some areas to put some of that to work and then in that area that area and i'm i'm just talking about today yeah. in the pullback i think that area if you're looking to deploy cash you should wait for 4100 and that's 60 handles lower so that that's where this that's where the major support is in the market and the major resistance still remains at the high of the move 7175 and throw that in with today's high so the major support if you're looking to buy the dip long-term portfolio 4100 and again somebody's gonna say and they'll they'll tape me on this conversation dennis stick up bullish at 412. now i'm saying i'm i'm preparing that if we get a pullback i'm buying i'm not buying the s p at 412 here right now i think we're gonna go into earnings season there's gonna be different opportunities i don't just trade indexes i rarely trade indexes i think you're gonna get some pullbacks and some stocks and maybe that's an opportunity i mean american airlines warns here today you know maybe that's an opportunity maybe that dip gets bought it's rates sitting on the lows. I mean, you could take a flyer on AAL here. You got a good tape. 1370 is the low of the move. You could go down to the 1336 match. I mean, yeah. we didn't get to this, but you know, American Airlines came out 730 this morning, guided the EPS a little bit light, and that's why AAL is trading down here this morning. Um, you know, if you really think we're going into this rah rah bull bull, airlines are probably a buy if we're gonna keep going, you know, this. Again, I'm not going all in. I'm still cautious. Still going to be very. I'm still trading it cautious, trading it tight, trading it market neutral. 
But I think you're going to get opportunities to buy on pullbacks here. So I don't buy rips. I'm not buying the S&P up to 412 SPY. But I would buy some stocks on dips. Maybe American Airlines today. Maybe it's interesting. Again, have yourself, you know, you're out. Know where your contingency plan is. Don't get stuck holding the bag in some of these things. What, what else are you looking at? I liked your Marvell idea. You got any other ideas there, Money Mitch? Uh, that's probably the, the tech that stock the that I see. Eyeing. Yeah, I, I just been I've been keeping a close eye on that Micron and and Marvell. I I saw when Micron took off first, and then Marvell followed. So now I, I'll be looking to see if Micron can stay strong. If Micron can stay strong, I think Marvell can play a little bit of catch up. So that's what I'll be watching there. Um, but let's run through some of these names that I got here. You let me know if you think if you kind of like it, kind of don't. Remember, we'll do a little bit of a quick run through here sure. on some of these names. Let's let's sure. run through it. Tesla. I actually uh, like no, it. No, I just te- Tesla again. It's I like the reversal on today's action. Just because it, it, it's doing it's it's moving with the Kathy and the girl ARKK. So exactly. it hasn't run like Microsoft and Apple has. So that's the one good thing. Again, I'm just staying away from Tesla because I just think competition's coming. So I'm not I'm talking longer term here right now, not as trades. So Tesla's yeah, for me, Tesla not touching. For me, I, I just recently shorted this stock, made some profit again, and now I'm already looking to flip. So that just goes to show you how quickly Tesla can also flip back to the upside. And, and you've got to be willing to change your opinion. You I mean, that's, makes, that's what makes a good nimble, trader is nimble. the willingness to, to change their opinion, not yeah. letting the opinion, I'm staying, I'm right. You know, and you got Peter yeah. Schiff bearish for, you know, 20, 20, 20 years. 20 years, exactly. Yeah. What about like uh, semiconductor equipment stocks like ASML and LAM Research? Those are higher price names, but they are holding they've up They've all here. held up very well. Yeah, they, they've held up pretty, yeah. pretty well. I mean, all the ships, I mean, again. A little bit extended, though. You know what the biggest problem is just coming all in on this market here right now? Is that mm-hmm. we're in earnings season. You know, it'd be nice to see a couple companies report good earnings. And I'm not talking the banks. We still haven't gotten no bad earnings, really. Right, Dennis? I would say, yeah, we've gotten some scares in the earnings, but we haven't really necessarily gotten whole. We haven't even got into it. We haven't got into it yet. Well, I'm saying so. the past two, like the past two quarters. Oh, yeah, it was we, fine. We came in it. We came in it, but so bearish, though. Yeah. Remember? Every time we come into these earnings seasons, we're like, man, dude, we're gonna we're gonna see atrocious earnings. And then they just come in in line. They I, don't know the we were, I don't know if we were fully on atrocious, but I think we were definitely looking for more weakness. And yeah, we, we were looking for weakness. especially like forward stayed, guidance. The consumer has stayed strong. There is That's no doubt sure. this consumer has been unbelievably resilient in the face of higher rates. And that's why I still feel like this inflation fight is not over yet. But I mean, the numbers were good today. There's I have a, a good one to watch here. today. Goldman Sachs. Why do I want to watch Goldman Sachs? Because they have a tendency of running into their earnings, right? Um, They report next week, but definitely I think this is an important outlook to keep an eye on for the banks. This is one that I was talking about. Would we get back above this kind of 330 level? There was a lot of resistance right above here. We just got through that kind of with this action here. So I'm going to watch Goldman Sachs to see if it takes off today. I think UBS actually stepped up to the plate and put a buy on them. Um, but I don't know how much you want to trust that one, but definitely I'm going to be looking to see if these banks can get a little bit of a run today, because if the banks run, that's when I'll start feeling even more confident to the upside. So I'm watching like a JPM today, bank of America names like that. We want to uh, see the banks start to show life. Yes. If they start the showing life, big green yeah. bar to the upside, a sign of confidence. 
that would probably give Tech a little bit even more confidence that we're not going to see that heavy turnaround. Um, of course, we can go through more names. Today, we're going to do kind of just a quick overall talk. Like always, you guys can keep up with all the action that we do. Definitely check out, of course, Dennis Dick on Twitter. And you guys can check out Trade Zero for some extensive short locates. And, of course, you guys can check the three months of Trade Zero's flagship software, Zero Pro, here. Um, so throwing up the link there for you guys and wrapping it up here. Any last comments, my man, Dennis Dick? What do you um, think? I, I think, again, you know, making the call here today, I think Mega Cap Tech actually might underperform today. Um, I, the S&P pullback here, I think I'm still looking for a catch-up trade, maybe some of those stocks that haven't gone yet. If the S&P goes red, it would be just it'd be a critical hit here to the bull thesis. You don't want to see that happen because they got everything. The bulls are getting everything that they wanted. The question is, is this as good as it gets? I don't know that either. I mean, stocks are not cheap. It's why, you know, there's two reasons that I have a lot of cash in the long-term portfolio. One is that I have some concerns. Obviously, I've, I've voiced those concerns, so I don't need to do that again. Overall macro concerns. And then two is stocks aren't cheap. 19, yeah. 20 times earnings, they're not cheap. They're not historically cheap. No, so that's why I'm like, man, 5% to wait. You know, it's been it's been the right call for a long time, but it's been the wrong call in the last few weeks. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's been tough, really. There's a lot of situations that are out there that can always change up the market outlook. And I always try to think of myself, what's the current market environment? There's a lot of different look right now. There's the tech, there's the bank concerns, there's inflation. And it's really hard to kind of put it all together. It seems like right now that's still looking a little rosy as we're up where we're at. Now we'll see if we actually do turn around. For right now, I think with inflation just showing that it can continue ticking lower, that means the Fed, to me, doesn't need to do much. They just need to kind of stay more on that pause and prolonged interest rates higher. Not pivoting. I'm not talking about pivoting, but just yeah. staying where they are at. They yeah. can just stay and watch, right? As long as inflation doesn't tick up, they can just kind of it, it's let a, it's the, the Goldilocks scenario so far for the Fed. I mean, yeah, everything they, has worked well. The banking crisis—they're patting subsided. themselves on the back. They didn't have to go full on scared, like oh, we're talk the market scared, mm -hmm. and you've got inflation ticking down. Everything is working very well for Powell. So props yeah, to Powell. So far, is. he's navigated this very well. And yeah, he's done let's it. let's put it in perspective. I mean, stocks are significantly off the highs. I did buy some IWM. Again, if you look at the IWM, you're looking yeah, at companies, different. obviously smaller companies. But I think the P on the IWM is significantly less than the S&P. When I was checking that, I feel like it was 15 or 16 times. Um, I, like I may be wrong on that. I, I, I don't know if you have that. Do you have that information? I can take a look to see if I have it. I don't know if that shows up just on as the IWM because it's an ETF. But yeah, I think on the Russell, the P is, is, is lower. So it, as expensive as the S&P has been, the IWM is not super expensive here right now. And I did buy a little bit of this into the recent weakness around 174. So I'm probably a little bit off that 65% cut. Not a ton. Um, you know, but I put a little bit of capital to work. So um, just basically saying, you know, that this triple, you know, or this um, banking crisis, that the possibility that maybe the worst is behind us. Um, maybe it is. I think but, we'll but, just have you know, to wait and find out. Some people say the IWM has underperformed for a long time. Why do you want to go there? So... I just think it's diversification. I got some IWM. I got some SPY. I've got some stocks. I'm staying diversified, but I still have a lot of cash because there's still a lot of unknowns. But now I'm looking to deploy some of that cash 
on dips. That's the difference here today, is that as I see inflation ticking down, I'm going to get opportunities. I'm looking to deploy some of that cash on dips. Yeah, I think that's one thing that I think you and I both kind of are looking at now. The longer term is looking a little bit better. The bearish steam in the long term is starting to get some holes in it. And we've got to sure. keep watch to see what happens. Yeah, Have a good one, sure. Dennis Dick. But don't do chase, do I don't best. think you need to chase here. I just want to stress that today. I don't think we 100%. need to panic. I don't think we need to panic. And like, I got to buy stocks. Oh my gosh, yeah, I'm going to miss all. At all That's the biggest right mistake is the panic mm -hmm. calm I agree. have a plan the plan now has changed to buying dips it's oh. been like neutral 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 i've been saying cautious neutral i think my overall plan now is dip buying oh. so opportunities get back to always 405 sp i'm looking for stocks if you get an individual name that i like that maybe gets hit on something maybe you're looking to buy that as well it would not surprise me in the least if american airlines and i'm not saying i'm buying that one i have no position in it but this is the kind of stock that people are like, well, I want to put some risk on. It's down two and a half. The market's going. Maybe a money manager comes in here and says, yeah, I'll buy American Airlines. I would not be surprised that catch a bit today. Hey, we'll see it. I'm with you, Rob. Hashtag no FOMO gang here. You guys got it. No FOMO out there. You guys That's do what you do best. Thing. Have a good yeah. one, Dennis. Go get to your Thanks, trading action. Niche. Take care, my friend. All right, we're going to get you guys over now to live trading, but also I do want to give you guys an event that you guys can be checking in on. Do you guys want to see the Cannabis Capital event? We had a really great show yesterday, a lot of different companies uh, presenting their brand and understanding of what they're doing to get to the next level. If you guys want to check out the Cannabis Capital Conference, just click that link. I threw it up right now. You guys can go ahead. It's already started. You guys get on over. Now I'm going to get over to live trading action. We got about like an hour and a half there. I will see you guys over to see what I can get into. I got a lot of swing trades on today. I'm telling you guys, I stepped up to the plate last night. Um, I have seven trades on right now that I'm going to talk about on live trading. Come on over, check it out, see what money Mitch got today. And like always, you guys smash the like. Like always, this is all for informational purposes only, not for investment advice. We'll see you guys over on live trading or you guys might be over at the Cannabis Capital Conference. I'll see you guys over there in just a little bit.